We are continuing our series that we have entitled Grow, Five Critical Keys That Will Grow Your Faith. We believe with all of our heart that God is about to bring so many new guests into our church uh, when Easter happens, but we've got to prepare ourselves, we've got to prepare internally in our hearts for what God is going to do externally as he brings in people in Easter. And so we've been walking through these critical keys on how we're going to get from where we are to where God wants us to be. So if you're here and you're like new to Christianity or you're new to this Jesus thing and, and you're going, man, I, you know, I don't even know if I believe all this. Somebody promised me lunch. Somebody said there was cute girls at this church. I, I, you know, whatever reason that you find yourself here, we're just glad that you're here. And I believe that this morning is going to encourage you. I also believe that this morning is going to bring many of us that have walked with Jesus for a while back into what I call our first love. And so this morning... We're going to dive into a book called Revelation. It's the second easiest book in the Bible uh, to find, okay, because Genesis is the easiest. That's in the beginning. This is at the very end. I'm just, again, encourage you, if you're not a Bible reader, uh, this probably isn't the book that you want to start with, uh, but, but this morning, I believe that these words have some meaning and some depth and some power to them where Jesus wants to do something amazing in our lives. Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 20. It's on the screen for you. It's in your notes. We give you lots of ways to make it easy to read. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Why don't you tell us how you really feel, God? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Our third critical key to growth this morning is that we need to accept an invitation to intimacy. Accept an invitation to intimacy. Let's pray together. Jesus, help us. Help us to get past dialogue, monologue, and help us to go to a place where our spirit and our hearts are transformed this morning. Where, Lord, no matter who, where anybody is on the journey, whether they're, this is their first time ever in church or in this kind of a church, or whether they've been walking with you a long time, that you would bring us all to a place of intimacy with you. We would really be willing to dive into the kind of relationship that you desire for all of us. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, you ever had someone in your life that you wanted to take into a deeper relationship with you and they just wouldn't go there? Come on, how many of you ever had somebody in your life, a couple of you? Let me just help you, okay, because all of you are lying in this place. Go back to high school, okay? 
go back to college, and there's that girl and, uh, or that guy, and, and, and y'all are friends, and you kind of you know, are falling for, for them, but they're not really falling for you, and you keep trying to give hints, and you keep giving gifts, and you keep doing everything you can, and, and they just won't go there with you. They, they just refuse to take that relationship any further than it already is. In fact, you might remember, if you're a little older in this room, this song might refresh your memory on it. Listen to this. Here it is. But you say he's just a friend. Come on. But you say he's just a Oh, baby. <laughs> Turn it off. A lot, of, a lot of religious people in the room. All right, let's move on. <laughs> or maybe you have adult children and you're, you, know, you really want to reconnect with them. Maybe there's been something that's happened. There's been some water under the bridge and, and some relational tension. And, and you know, everything's fine. It's, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's okay. Everybody's polite. You send cards on birthdays or, you know, you say hi at Christmas. But, but it's not that level that you want to be at. It's not that layer deeper, that intimate level that you want to be at with them. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're, you're uh, trying to reach out to your mom or your dad. And maybe you're from a divorced home. And there was a certain parent that you didn't grow up around, and, and you're trying to get to know them. And everything's polite, everything's good, everything's fine. But the truth is that it's not the level that you want it to be at. There's no relational depth there. That's it's it's polite, it's respectful, it's casual, if you will, but it's not that intimate kind of relationship that, that you desire in your heart. Or maybe, and this is the worst one, maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe some of you are here and you remember that time when you were in love. In fact, you remember after you got married that he wrote, you know, took shaving cream on the mirror in the morning and he wrote, I love you with shaving cream. And you were so giddy that first couple weeks and you were just, you, you know, I just, oh, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, you know. And, and now he tries to do something nice like write I love you and you just walk into the bathroom and go, well, who's going to clean up this mess, you know. It's, it's that intimacy. It's that level deeper. It's that layer deeper of relationship that God desires for us and that we desire of others. This morning, I was reminded uh, as I was prepping this morning and kind of praying in my, my room this morning, I was reminded of a time that God spoke to me about this when uh, my, my girl, she was about three or four years old, and, uh, and actually I think she was about two years old, and, and Libby was, uh, we, I, she, my wife left the house, and she left Libby alone with me. How many of you know that's an act of faith, you know? And, and I remember I was trying to prepare for something. I was, I was flying out somewhere to preach, and, and I, I had this word that I was trying, I was, I was typing away, and, and Libby kept coming to me with different toys because she wanted to play with me. Now, she couldn't speak it yet, but how many of you know those little girl eyes? You know, and she'd look up at me, and she'd bring me this toy and just kind of look at me like, Daddy, play with me. And I wanted to be a good dad, and so I, I'd say, you know, okay, you know, I'd get down for like 30 seconds and go, okay, oh, wow, it's neat. Wow, that one makes a noise. Ding, wow, that's neat. And then I'd go right back to what I was working on. I'd start typing because after all, I'm doing work for the Lord here. I'm trying to prepare to fly out and preach. I'm doing, you know, what I can for Jesus. And, 
And she kept bringing me new toys and just looking up at me and, Daddy, play with me. And I get down. And then finally, after about five or six times, I actually looked at her. I didn't say it out loud because I'm a good father. But I had the thought, kid, can't you see I'm busy? Can't you see I'm working here? And right in that instant, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I heard God say, that's what you do to me. I just want to be with you. I just want to play with you. I just want to have this level of intimacy, but you're so busy working for me that you forget to be with me. You're so busy doing everything that you think is important and working and doing the work of the ministry, but how many of you know we can do God's work without God just fine? Hello? This morning, we look at this passage of Scripture that the disciple John, now, that John was one of the three most intimate kind of guys around Jesus when, when Jesus was on the planet. In fact, the Bible kind of paints him as we think he's probably the closest to Christ, and and John is writing to a group of churches that actually existed, and, and one of these churches is in a city called Laodicea. And Laodicea, here's what you have to know. He's not writing to people that are unbelievers. He's not writing to people that are far from God or at least think they're far from God. He's not writing to people that, uh, that don't, have never heard the name of, of Jesus and don't know anything about God. He's writing to a church full of Christian people. Well, I look around me today and guess what I see? A church full of many Christian people. And I want you to hear these words that John writes to this church and I want you to internalize them for your own soul this morning. John 3, 15, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. So he's saying, hey, I know your deeds. They're, they're not that bad, but they're not that great either. And because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That, that's like a polite way of God saying, listen, I'm about to vomit you all up. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. See, we see from cover to cover in the, in the scriptures that God desires this relationship with all of us, this intimate relationship, and we see this so many different ways, so many different times all throughout Scripture. We can see him presented as, as father in the, in the story in the New Testament about a prodigal son that, that, that strays away from God, and the loving father welcomes him home and throws this party for him. We see him, the Bible talk, talks about God as a shepherd that, that loves the sheep and that wants to call the sheep back to him, but the sheep keep straying away. They keep going away. We even see in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis that God is walking with Adam and Eve. He's the creator walking with the creation. Because why? Because God desires this relationship with us that is intimate and close and, and has depth and has love and has the sole attachment to it, to it, but yet we treat God casually. 
We treat God respectfully. We treat God in a lukewarm, Revelation 3.15, way. Let's move on. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now, I don't have time to go into all the different meanings of this stuff, and there is. There's a bunch there. There's a bunch of different meanings, and much of this is just cultural that, that John is writing to, and they would have understand what each one of those means. But really what, what Jesus is trying to say here to this church and to us is, hey, I'm about to say something. Let me make myself clear. How many of you as a mom or a dad ever said those words to your children? Come on. Let me make myself clear. In fact, I think I did it this week. Let's move on. He says, hey, let me make this clear for you. And then verse 20, he says, here I am. So in other words, you're doing all this stuff. You're working. You're, you're going to and fro. You're doing all these deeds. You're, you're, you're part of the church. You're busy. And, and I just have to tell you that I believe with all of my heart, this is the sin of the North American church. We're busy, aren't we? Come on, we're busy. We're busy, and much of the busyness is for God. And I know many of you in the room, man, you are busy, and sometimes it's almost like a, a competition. When you see somebody else, you go, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm just so, I'm just so busy, man. I can't even believe I woke up this morning. I'm just so tired. I just, I've just been so busy. Well, you know, well, you know what have you been doing? I mean, just, I have four phones and different lines, and, you know, and emails galore coming in. And, man, I mean, I've, ch- had, to, I've had to check my Facebook 15 times today, you know? And, and I'm just so busy, and I'm doing all this work, and I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm just, everybody say it together, busy. He says, hey, I see that you're busy. I see that you're doing a lot of stuff here, but here I am. And you kind of look at this, and you go, well, isn't God all-powerful? I mean, can't God do whatever he wants? How many of you would agree that God can do pretty much whatever he wants, right? Like, I, I thought so, like, like, God can pretty much do whatever he wants to do, and so, you know, if I'm God and I'm trying to get people's attention, I'm not, like, you know, politely standing at the door. I'm not just going, hey, uh, if y'all have a moment, I'd love to, to hang out with you and chat with you. If I'm God, I'm busting through that door. Why? Because I am God. I wasn't in my notes. I just felt like saying that. Let's move on. Here I am. Watch verse 20. I stand at the door, and what? Wait, God is knocking? God is knocking? Why wouldn't he just come in? I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. So here's where what separates Christianity from almost any other religion that you, can, that you can study, what separates Christianity from almost any other religion is that God created us in a way where he actually made a decision, and that decision, I think, has caused him so much pain, but he made it anyway, and here's the decision that God made from the beginning of time. God decided that he would not make us love him. And it's interesting because 
The Bible goes back to, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. The Bible says that God demonstrated his own, what? Love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it's interesting because God loves everyone and sometimes you're like, God, don't love them. They don't love you at all. Like, save that love. You know, God, you're gonna hurt. You're gonna hurt yourself. How many of you have ever been giving dating advice to somebody and you tried to steer them away from somebody that you knew was gonna hurt them? Come on. Don't love him. He's a player. You're gonna end up getting hurt. You're you're almost like wanting to tell God, God, don't do it because they're not gonna love you back. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hurtful. Don't love them, God. But God in the scripture is presented to us as I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. So Jesus wants to come in and eat with us. He wants to be intimate with us. He wants to dine with us. But we substitute intimacy with God for a religion. And religion, there's a lot of different ways that religion can play itself out because all of us in the room have a, what I'm going to call a formula. And your formula probably looks different than my formula, but we all have a formula. And so maybe you're here and you grew up kind of in a liturgical setting, maybe Catholic or Lutheran, Presbyterian, and your formulas, you say these things, you do these things, you, you go, you know, to, to mass at this time, you, you know, and you've got little formula that, that you have with you and God, and, and, and then maybe you grew up in a, in a more charismatic kind of Pentecostal church like this one, and you, you've got your little formula, you know, and I show up this many Sundays, and I try not to miss communion, and, and I, you know, I even serve God, I even, so you're, you're trying to check all the boxes, and hey, you know, I know that I pray before meals, God, hello, I'm pretty cool, you know, and I pray before all my meals, and, and I check mark, and I ask for forgiveness if I sin and, and, and I do all these things, you've got your little formula. We've all got our little formulas that, that we check the, the, the box off and all these little things that we do when we say, God, see, I'm, do, I'm living for you. I'm trying. I'm doing the right thing. And God's saying, hey, I'm not that interested in your formula. What I actually want is a relationship with you. I actually want to be intimate with you. I, I actually want to Get to this level, this layer of depth. It's not about a formula because here's what, what God really wants is that intimacy, but, but what we fall for is religion. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Religion is an option that allows us to treat God respectfully, but not intimately. It's not that everything's bad. I mean, everything's fine. God and I are cool, and we're polite, and we're casual. And, and you know, it's, I'm doing my little deal. I'm doing my little formula uh, for him. But, but I, you know, I'm trying. And here's the issue. The issue is what it all comes down to is what we want is we want to make sure that God's a part of our deal, right? We want to make sure that God's included in our life. So, so you know, so we, we check off all the boxes. We do our little formula. We keep trying to work hard for him and all that stuff, whatever your formula looks like, we do all of that. And then 
We go, okay, God, now that I've done all that stuff, you know, I checked all the boxes for you. I did all that. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to get me a new job. Hello? God, here's what I need you to do. I need need you to, you know, I need this. Lord, you know I need that man. And you know, I don't know if he's serving you, but God, I could do, I could be missionary for Jesus to that man. So God, could you hook me up here? I mean, God, I'm kind of getting older here. Could you get, give me that relationship? God, could you, could you do this? So what we want is we want to harness the power of God to be involved in our lives by saying, God, I checked all the boxes. I did the formula. I did the deal. So will you, will you get in on my, my deal, God? Would you, would you get in on my deal and see religion? Write this down. is about harnessing the power of God to serve myself. It's about harnessing the power of God to serve myself. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 15, our passage that we're kind of using for the series where he uses the word abide. Everybody say abide. Abide. Abide is this close. It's this intimate. It's this love relationship that God wants with us. And then he goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit. We heard that last week, such a powerful message from Papa G last week. But but then in John 16, look at this. It says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me, but wait a second, God, they're, they're in the synagogue, and, and they don't know you, he's trying to tell us, he's trying to tell us something here, listen closely, you can be in the synagogue and not know him, you can be here, and be far from him, you can be here and be a stranger to God, you can come every week, my pastor growing up used to say just because you go to McDonald's doesn't mean you're a hamburger. Apparently your pastor said it too. God wants more friends. He wants more from us. So here's what I want you to do this morning as the band comes forward. I want you with all of your heart to choose an intimate relationship with Jesus over an empty religion with yourself. Because religion is less about God and more about us. And Jesus is saying, I want you. I want your heart. I want your thoughts. I want your life. I want you in a deeper way than ever before. Jesus is saying, I desire you. I want to know you. I want to push this relationship to a deeper place, to a deeper level. It's it's like a marriage, you know. How, How many of you know You can't just do duties in your marriage and serve your spouse because you have to, right? I mean, you can. Last night, my wife asked me. She was in bed, and she went through all the motions of getting in bed, and right as she got in bed, 
she looks over at me and she says, will you get me a glass of water with ice, please? And I thought to myself, girl, you just did all of this different stuff to get ready for bed, and you, you planned this, didn't you? Because you can serve someone out of duty, but I'm telling you right now, that doesn't last. See, this intimacy issue, this affects everything. It affects whether or not you choose to reach people for Jesus. It it, it affects that because, listen, I want this to be a church where people come in and they don't even know why, but they see people that their eyes sparkle when they talk about God. There's something that happens in their eyes where they go, I, I don't even know what it is. I don't know what that means. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with all that, that you know, churchy stuff. But dude, that guy, when he talks about Jesus, something happens in his eyes. It's like they know God there because we can have all the right structure and all the right systems and we're working through all that pastor chris and i and our staff man we're working hard on developing our structure and our systems to go to the next level all of that different place but how many of you know you can have all of that and still get it wrong so it affects our ability to reach people for jesus because if you're here and you, we say, hey, we want you to invite somebody for Easter. And if you, you know, get on the phone or send the text message or, you know, one-on-one or you go out to coffee with somebody and you look at them and you say, well, I guess it's my duty, my responsibility to invite you to church because I have to and because that's what good Christians do. How many of you think they ain't coming to your church? But how about this? There's something that has happened in my life. There's this relationship that drives me. There's this intimacy that I have with God. There's this level of depth that I have with the Lord. And I'm not telling you about Jesus because I have to. I'm telling you about Jesus because I can't help it. It's just coming out of me. This affects your ability to serve. Because you can, you can serve, you can serve in kids ministry, you can serve, you know, on one of the, the teams, you can do that out of duty, but eventually your, your power will run out, you won't want to do that anymore because you're going through the motions and you're just doing it because you feel like you have to and you're checking off the boxes, but it's different when you've got this relationship with Jesus that's intimate, that's close, where you're going, God, it's such an honor, it's such a privilege to serve you and to serve your people. I'm telling you, we have to get this intimacy thing right. This is the beginning of everything. Let me give you three practical keys to an intimate relationship with God, and then we're done. Three words. Number one, time. Time. Do you have unrushed, unhurried, intentional time 
that you've set aside in your life to be with him? Do you have a place, a place that there's a connection with him? Unrushed, unhurried, watch this now, where your phone is put away. Just a time and a place to be with him. A place where sometimes you do a lot of talking, sometimes you read the Bible, but then there's moments, a place where it's just set aside, where sometimes you're just with him. Sometimes you just listen. Sometimes you just feel the heartbeat of God. You're just close to him. Look at me. Can I tell you that this is my biggest struggle in my life? Because everything I do and everywhere I go is intentional. I'm one of those type A, choleric, here we go world, hear me roar type people. Anybody else struggle with this? Come on. Good, there's four, four of us in the room. That's great. So I am go through this vicious cycle, and God has to pull me back in sometimes. Where, where I'm, It's not that I don't spend time with God, but I, you know, I spend time with God. I do the scriptures, and I, I do the prayer time, and I do, okay, God, thank you so much. And so, just, okay, I check that box off. It's not that I, I don't spend time with God. It's that unrushed, unhurried, not even looking at the clock, being with him. Time. Greatest model of this in all the planet was Jesus himself, Luke 5, 16. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. When's the last time you just slipped away? When's the last time you just found a spot to be with him? Number two, transparency. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Don't have a fake relationship with God. Transparency means that you're not holding anything back. Transparency means, God, here it is. Here's how I feel. Here's what's going on. All of this stuff. Here, God, I'm struggling with this. I feel tempted with this. I, I, I'm hurting right now, God. It's, it's all of that because some of you still have this relationship with the Lord that's like you're trying to like impress him when, with your prayers. You're, you're trying to, oh, hallelujah, thou art thine God, and I trust thee, hallelujah, oh, Father, hallelujah. And sometimes I, I just think God up in heaven looks down and goes, huh? What are you trying to say? Jesus, did you understand that? I didn't. Holy Spirit, how about you? I couldn't even make sense. I couldn't interpret that, and I interpret everything. I couldn't do it. How about just looking at God and saying, God, I really feel angry today. I feel a lot of hate towards that person that hurt me today. Oh, I would never talk that way to Jesus. Let me give you a little secret. <laughs> He already knows. 
just this time, transparency, and then number three, trust. Trust. There's another word that I want you to to put in parentheses around trust, submission. Submission. That just means your priorities and your plans, God, are more important than my priorities and my plans. That means that I trust you with these circumstances when I can see you moving and when I can't see you moving. God, I trust you and I submit to your will and I submit to your ways. God, I am ultimately giving my life over to you. God, I want to trust you and I submit to you. Your plans, your will, your ways. Lord, if you don't want me to marry her, I won't. God, if you want me to be in this job, even though I'm not loving it, I will. God, if you want me to, to lay this all down, I will. God, if you want the, the, the submission, oh, if, if you want me to submit my finances to you, I will. I will submit. I will trust. I will, I will trust everything over to you, God. I, I trust you with it all. Matthew 26, 39, Jesus showed great transparency and great trust with the Father when he praised this. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus is actually telling the Father, hey, this is really hard. I'm really hurting here. This isn't fun. And I would really like if this whole thing could be taken from me. But I trust you. I submit to you. What I prayed this morning in my prayer time because I was studying. And, and what I try to do is I try to memorize as much of the messages as I can for Sundays. And I was, I was just looking over the notes and looking and looking and looking. And as I was looking over the notes, I just kept feeling that, that tug of God just saying, hey, what if you just practice this this morning before, before you, you go to church? What if you just, just spent some time with me? What if we were just together for a few minutes? And I, and I kept saying, yeah, 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 I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But I got I to gotta memorize this, God. This is for you, remember? And I just kept feeling that, that tug. What if you just prayed with me and I I literally knelt down in my my bedroom with some worship music on and the second that I knelt down I just felt the presence of God come into the room and I just felt this connection with the Lord and and then as I begin to pray I begin to pray for you I begin I begin to cry out for everyone here this morning and you know what I prayed I said God would you give me would you give us at Saints Community a hundred people that get this connection with you that take this past religion and get this connection with you. We see it in David after David really messes up. I mean, 
really bad stuff. He, he has an affair. He has uh, the, the husband of the wife that he had an affair with. He has the dude murdered. This is like really bad stuff. This is like he couldn't be an elder. He couldn't be a deacon in the church. Like King David, Shepherd David, the one that we, we talk about, the one that wrote much of the book of Psalms. And he goes through this big, huge season of his life where things are falling apart. And it's so interesting when you read Psalm 51, verses 11 through, through 13, because this is his prayer. When he finally decides to talk to the Lord about everything that's going on, and he's a king, and he's got all these servants, and he's got this big, huge platform that God has put him on, but in Psalm 51, 11, he doesn't even worry about any of that. He says, God, most of all, please do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. She's saying, God, whatever about everything else, I got to have you. I got to have the presence. I got to have the intimacy with you. God, please, that's the most important thing. Oh, that the cry of our hearts, church, would be, God, you can have everything else. We just want your presence. We just want this level of relationship that is intimate with you, oh God. you close your eyes and bow your heads across the room this morning? You're here this morning and you may be a guest and you may be going, wow, that's, that's really intense. All I want to tell you if you're a guest and you're not really used to all this church stuff, I just want to tell you that God God doesn't want religion from you. He's not looking for you to just be a legalistic, moral person. He wants a relationship with you. And everything you do, your behavior is birthed out of that relationship. He really deeply loves you. He really deeply wants to know you. Like beyond surface know you. Like deeply know you. God really, really loves you. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's where the divide comes in. That, that's where we, we, we lost our divide. We, we can't get to him but because of sin in our life, because we missed the mark. But then it says God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, he died for us. So, so the whole thing of Jesus, the whole thing of the cross and the resurrection, all of that stuff coming up that we celebrate at Easter, that, that was actually for you. That was to have a relationship with you and I. That was the way that the, the gap between us and God was bridged. And he wants that, he wants that relationship with you. And then it goes on to say that if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, that we can be saved. God wants to know you. He wants relationship with you. He wants to save you and he wants to know you. If you're in this room and you'd say, I, I don't know that I have that kind of a relationship with God where I've submitted my, my life over to Jesus. I, I don't know that I actually have a relationship, a walking, talking, breathing, everyday relationship with God. And, and this morning, I, 
I, I want that. I, I, I want that in my life. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to know him. I want him to, to know every part of me. I, I want to know God. I want that relationship with God. If that's you, and you'd say, I, I don't want to walk out of this place before I give God a chance to just come into my heart, to come into my life, to change me, to know me. If that's you, I want you on the count of three to lift up your hands. I want that relationship with God this morning. One two, hands already going up, three, lift up your hands, that's me, I want that relationship with God, I want that relationship with God, I want that relationship with God, I want that, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, anybody else in this room, I I want that relationship with God, I want to know him, I want him to know me all across this place, let's stand to our feet right now, let's pray with the six or seven that raised their hands this morning, let's say this together, say Jesus, come on, I love you. Thank you for your perfect death and your perfect resurrection for my life. You bridged the gap. You closed the divide. And you brought me into relationship. I believe in that death and resurrection. I give you my life. I submit myself over to you. You can have me. And I want to know you. Teach me what it means. To walk with you every day until I see you face to face on that day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This morning I intentionally went a little bit shorter in my sermon. It gave us a little bit of time for those of you that are keeping track. Come on, don't look at me like that. I know some of y'all are keeping track. We have eight minutes left. You know what? What if we just stopped eight minutes of our life and we just knelt before him said, God, I just want to be with you. Forgive me for being rushed, for hurrying, even sometimes doing a lot of work for you and not just stopping and just hanging out with you. Some of you that are leaders in the room or that have been at this thing a long time, some of you much longer than I have, you're going, oh man, I'm so glad that he, he preached this for everybody else. This is a really good word for my neighbor. I feel like sometimes we're the worst. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to say stuff like, return back to your what? First love. I stray. And I think there's a few of you that stray as well from that first love. I wonder if some of the leaders could maybe just come and kneel this morning here in this front area. and Just kneel before the Lord and just say, God, I just want to be with you. I wonder if the rest of us for the next seven minutes, because I've been talking one, if you could just find a spot close, wherever, and just be with him. Just be with him. No one else praying for you, but literally just saying, God, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. If you want that, just you can come. This morning, I'm not going to plead, beg, 
try to manipulate anybody, but if you just this morning would say, God, I just, I'm just submitting myself. I just want to be with you. Maybe right there, even if it's just, if it's at the front, the sides, at your seat. So Lord, this morning we've got six minutes. and We are saying, God, we want to be with you. Will you speak to us? Will you love on us? Will you take us into a deeper relationship with you, God? We're just here, kneeled before you, God, saying, God, we want to be with you.